0: You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. We are the answers.
1: Welcome okay, to Elsnerds, a show or production of Galactic Network. I'm Garger Sprague. I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes, subs- er, for, yeah, for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsenerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com.
0: On ElseNerds, we're going to mention some things that maybe you don't want to have spoiled for you. I will try to give you at least a little bit of warning, but this is the broad warning before the show. And uh, unless YouTube bans us, we're gonna swear our asses off.
1: Yeah, that's. I wanted to joke and be like, "That's fucked up," but and I just did it. But I mean, that's some messed up stuff happening right with the whole YouTube thing. Um, I've been following. It I don't in, know that it's. What well, it, I've been following it through Philip DeFranco, um, because like all last week his videos were were the, talking about this, and I think and and we should point out disclaimer. Uh, Tom's wife works for YouTube. Um, I want to get to it first, uh, but it's one of those things. I, I honestly feel like YouTube is not truly educating people on it. It sounds super sketchy at times with how the uh, with how they're doing this thing. And I agree with Philip DeFranco; they are well within their right to do this, but when asked when asked about the about what's going on, YouTube's like, oh, well, we're doing some stuff.
0: Pl- well, I, I, I like the fact that it it seems like they're less sketchy now and what it's been going on is it's been sketchiness in the background that nobody knew about. Yeah. And so now it's all of a sudden it's surfaced and it's with the the idea of, well no, now we're giving you options as to how to handle this and, and we're gonna we're gonna prompt you when this pops up. Uh, but you may have for the last couple of years not known that you weren't getting ad revenue for certain things because we felt it went outside the guidelines of where our advertisers like to be. Not placing that in the hands of the advertisers themselves, not placing that in the hands or the the purview of the content makers. Just, oh, no, we thought maybe this was not something that we should put ads on. So we didn't. Yeah. And uh, hope you enjoyed and it's, it is a weird part, though, too, because
1: it's one of those things that now with them making it easier um, for people to realize, it does help the creators. Um, for a lot of the bigger creators out there on YouTube who put their stuff on YouTube, they don't really rely on that money. Um, like, like Phil DeFranco is a perfect example. Um, and he's, he was, he's even said it in his videos he doesn't rely on the money from YouTube that he, he would get from his views. It's all on his, um, his advertisers, you know, like uh, he had draft last year about this time. He had draft Kings and um, actually I think it was just draft Kings. I don't think he, he did the other one. Um, that was because he was into the daily fantasy football stuff that they or the weekly fantasy football stuff that they do. And, or it's, it's services or things that he likes, he uses. It's not him just going, so my sponsor today is posters. Find these posters here. Uh, they have really good posters and stuff like that. And it's a product he doesn't even use. No, everything is Yeah, ben- well,
0: I mean, there's, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Is YouTube is... One, it's a public forum where everybody gets to post their videos. It's better this than having it uh, just, like, delete your content yeah, or, you know, have it stop recording halfway through your show without telling you. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> um, but it, it's still, it's kind of like there are some people who just put stuff up there and go with YouTube advertising and that's it. And it's it's any number of different things. It may be the people who just, like, post something about their cat or post an opening of a new product or tech or toy related or whatever. Uh, Or it could be somebody who's actually making content, but they still rely on someone else to do the advertising picks for them. And to not let those people know is, I'm not going to say harmful unless it's what you're basing your business around. At which point I hope that you are paying so much attention that you notice when these things happen, but Not really cool of them to not be uh, forward with it uh, in the first place. But for the most part, it's like, oh, yeah, I had this video up there and I don't know why with all the views I'm getting, I'm not getting many hits from advertisers. I'm not getting that big fucking YouTube check. Um, I I I see the frustrations of it. Uh, And then there are people like you're mentioning or like twit where they have their own internal content advertising and they're not looking to get extra ads from youtube they're just using youtube as a place to place their their work so that people can see it i i just i think it's smart to look at what is going to help get advertisers and and get monetization stronger Mm -hmm. for youtube and for youtube users as a whole Uh, but sometimes it's, it's dependent on who the advertiser is. If they really want to nail it down, they need to connect the ads to the content better yeah. because there are advertisers who aren't going to flinch away from that kind of content. There are advertisers who are maybe going to thrive more in that kind of content. Uh, there's a t-shirt uh, company, one of those t-shirts that, that do different designs and stuff. Uh, like I do T-Fury and Yeti and a bunch of other ones, but this one is called T-Shirt Hell and all of their stuff is like really over the line crazy shit i've got one friend that i just like i've always got this in the back of my head for christmas and birthdays for him because it's like perfectly shannon but their product would do very well for Certain types of shows that might get blocked from ads from other things because, yeah. oh yeah, Forts not going to advertise for this, or uh, <laughs> Massengill certainly isn't want to going to want to advertise for the All-Starts. but you should Massengill because we all want to feel fresher. Uh, I just think that it's it's a matter of you can't just place ads and and hope that they'll connect to the audience. You there has to be a thought process to it, and that's I think the the big step that's still missing. It's like advertisers who sell to TV shows, uh, they at least know which show they're advertising on. Now, it may Mm -hmm. not make perfect sense, or you may watch something on TV and they play the same goddamn Taco Bell commercial over and over again. Every commercial break, I got to see that same goddamn... I know that, Alan, uh, but this has cheese in the center. Uh, I'm way cooler than you, just because you got a big-ass mustache doesn't mean that uh, I can't also be a pretentious dick.
1: Yeah, that was. One... I don't know. I just. Yeah, I. I, I hate Go that ahead. Commir- I hate that commercial. Sorry, I'm just wanting to spew hate on that commercial. Is all I'm wanting to do. Um, it it is because both both people in that thing, um, should ha- or seem like pretentious douchebags.
0: They they absolutely are. But I I, I do like the uh your pretentious douche bag so i'm gonna be a pretentious douche bag back to you it was funny the first time but you can't see the same commercial so many times and we talked about that with hulu like where the advertisements land and how they replay them over and over again and it 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 just i think that that's where a lot of these processes are broken mm-hmm. is because they think well because it's the internet we'll place ads there and we'll just expect that the work like they do on TV, but it takes work to make that happen on TV. It takes work to make that happen in radio. Uh, it, it's not quite syncing up for things like YouTube, which I think is at least a little bit better for it because uh, they usually put them before the video starts. Um, as opposed to the content makers who put them like right in the center of things. There's a bunch of Roku channels. I see that like watch these movies for free, by the way, here's 30 advertisements of Mr. T trying to sell you some new energy drink. Um, I just, I would like to see, I would like to see advertising online graduate to the next level. Yeah. And it's not going to work with pop-ups because we'll block pop-ups and it's not going to work with baseless ads. We, we, I think Geico did some pretty cool commercials for a while where they would do, like, 10 seconds of an ad, and then it would just stretch out. But by, by that point in time, you had the ability to skip. But it was funny how they did it. They marketed it to the online advertising thing, and people were into it. They were like, oh, this is actually really cool. Or if you make some ads that are fun and funny, and especially if you can vary them up so you're not seeing the same thing over and over again, uh, like an Old Spice ad, like back in the days with the I'm on a horse guy or whatever, then that can... Achieve something, yeah. but you'll have to be upfront with the people who are your base creators.
1: One of the coolest- And it's
0: not like they've got someplace else to go, but yeah. eventually they will.
1: One of the coolest ads I've seen is for hotels.com. Um, and it's on it's solely on, uh, I see it on channel4.com, the British TV channel, um, whenever, because their, their website, they force me to play ads but generally i don't mind them because there's a varied amount it seems like channel 4 and it could be all the british television show or networks over there that play commercials their advertising seems pretty on point the only one that gets repetitive for me is when i'm watching a, a comedy um all their all channel 4's comedy is sponsored by fosters the beer company and so they do, like, over the summer, they were advertising for a, what they call an all-four uh, exclusive, or Channel fours like, online exclusive TV show, One Hell of a Journey, or Hell of a Journey, or whatever it was. A- and it was, like, and they had, like, three clips that they would play, like, small little, like, th- like five-second clips. And those got repetitive, and now it's a... uh this dude who i guess the whole premise is this guy works in a dry cleaners and so he borrows all these different uh, uniforms and stuff to try to get into places like you see him put uh, playing to the mirror uh like he's a cop or whatnot or uh he's in a in an a or an emergency room as we call him here in america and and he's try he's he's trying he's Trying to hear a woman's heartbeat. I'm using air quotes around there because she goes, or he goes, I can't hear a heartbeat. And she goes, Well, it's because you haven't got your earbuds in. I don't need them. Like, he's clearly just wanting to feel her chest sort of deal. And, it, like, they, they're pretty funny, but it's at the same time, like, those parts get repetitive, but all the other commercials don't.
0: Um, but the, the... By the way, I just want to say that it's very presumptuous to assume that we all call them emergency rooms in America. I call them behind candy doors.
1: <laughs> or, yeah, or that. But, I mean, essentially, A&E or accident and whatever, emergency over there in the UK. ER is here, whatever. Um, But, you know, this whole YouTube thing, it is weird. It is. And Beatmaster brought up the whole um thing about YouTube Red. Like, in theory, it should help with the, uh, them staying independent
0: and all that. And Yeah, and I have... I have YouTube, re- well, I have uh, Google Play Music, and so I get the YouTube subscription as part of that, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think about it. And then I have to be logged into my account anytime I go to it, so if I'm clicking a link from Facebook uh, in the app on my phone, it doesn't necessarily unless I've logged in into Facebook for YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it gets a little weird and, and convoluted. And I don't, I don't have a problem with ads I mean if they're not so extraneous that it's it's meant to be annoying uh, the reason I run an ad blocker on my browsers is not because I don't want to support websites that I go to regularly I will unlock for a website that I go to normally I I run ads on the don't ask comic sites we don't get a lot but it's nice because it helps kind of build up a little bit of a nest egg to then pay for advertising on other sites through like project wonderful or whatever Yeah, But I I will unblock a website for the ads as long as their ads aren't fully obtrusive. Uh, Mm -hmm. As long as their ads that don't like pop up, block things, redirect, uh, start installing malware. That's always a worry. Yeah. And and I think that's a problem is we've allowed advertisers to get away with so much that that's why we've rebelled against it. And it, it, people don't really give a shit about advertising on TV as long as it's not super repetitive, as long as it's not overly annoying. And and like when you're watching a show and I get uh, 36 minutes of the walking dead and 24 minutes of advertising. And I know when there's going to be an ad because it's right when something's about to fucking happen to you. Boom. Here's like 10 minutes of ads. It, that's the thing that that's bothersome. And that's why people, when they have the opportunity to move to DVRs, but I'll still watch shows on demand if I didn't DVR it and not be super annoyed about the advertising. It, it's not like it's that big of a deal, but when you make it worse and you make it horrible for the, for the viewer, then yeah, we're going to, we're going to do what we can to get, get you out of there. And mm-hmm. we don't care if you lose money at that point, because you've, you've done something against us. So we're going to just block you right back. It, yeah. I think that that's the thing you you put forth the best ads that you can. Um, You try to make them interesting. If you can, you make them funny or at least get the point across in a reasonable amount of time and don't make them super annoying. The amount of advertisements that were people screaming and I'm like, okay, this is okay if it's seven o'clock, although it's still fucking annoying. But if it's like 1030 and I'm watching something in bed my wife's to sleep and I'm just like trying to watch a little bit of TV before I doze off and all of a sudden there's screaming happening. It's like, The fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Why is this okay to play at eleven o'clock at night? Why do you (laughs) think that that's an all right thing to do? Um, So you've heard it here first. Yeah. All I know.
1: You've heard you've heard it here first, folks. Corey would rather hear the live leaks, um, sexy time ads over screaming ads.
0: At ten thirty, I think we all like to hear that at any point. I like to hear the lively, sexy time, whatever that is, in the middle of church. I don't don't know, like (laughs) that sounds like a great thing. I would, whatever. Um, No, so I mean, obviously, way way off of a on a tangent uh, before we even start the show, really. Yeah, of course. Get in the news. I I just sure. (laughs) You know what? Uh, But first. A word from our sponsor. (laughs) I got
1: nothing. Um, Spanish flea spray? Yes. The the first bit of news, and I picked the news this week. I did it sort of while I was on vacation. I'm like, oh, this new story sounds awesome to talk about. The first one is one that I'm really excited for and wish I could find the freaking TV series that they made. Um, or the the one episode of a TV series that they they made back in two thousand thirteen, um, and that is Peter Panzerfaust is returning to print this November. Uh, Curtis J. Weeby um, had announced a lot like a while back ago, um, that he was going to be taking a break from this or from the the series, which originally started as a uh as a five issue miniseries. Um, but then quickly grew because of popularity, um, back in February, 2012. And, um, this, I am so excited to see this cause it's set for, um, the run is set for 30 issues and, um, but, and they, so we got seven in theory, we have seven more issues, but. If there's more to this story, I would love to see that again or see more yeah, come out of it.
0: So we should mention that Curtis didn't just take a break from this. He took a break from uh, *Rack Queens, which obviously had gone through some hardships with uh, losing one of the co-creators on it yeah, uh, because of the circumstances outside of the book. And then replacing the artist with uh, Steven, whose last name I could never pronounce, so I'm not even going to try and then Stephen had to take a step back from it, and then they replaced Steve Oh, and I can't even think of her name uh, with Fowler. another artist.
1: Tess Fowler yeah, was Tess. the, the Barda mm-hmm. one-shot.
0: She did the Barda one-shot, and then she started doing the the book regularly, uh, but then all of a sudden it got basically put on hold, and there, there was some back and forth between her and Curtis about you know, is it because he's bringing the original artist back or what? And I don't know the ins and outs of that. So I don't want to really speak about their their uh, working relationship. But it was a bum deal because Rat Queens was a beloved book. Uh, but it also it's hard to recover from losing what is your what is considered one of the main creators in the book mm-hmm. so early on when it's just getting heat and then going through two more creative changes so quickly uh, so it got slowed up. So it makes sense that he would want to relaunch, but he, he took a step back from a few things, and then he started doing Bounty from Dark Horse Comics uh, recently, which seems to have more in common with, with Rack Queens than those other stuff. But yeah, th- people have been asking for a while, when is Panzerfaust going to come back? And it's nice that it's not just going to get left in the lurch and yeah. not return and never see a conclusion.
1: Yeah, because if I, if I remember correctly with how it ended... It did seem like it ended in a bit of, there it is, sort of deal. Um, It didn't seem like it ended in, you know, on good terms, sort of deal. And here, I'm, for the video viewers, I'm actually sharing the cover. And it's cool, for for those people who don't know what Peter Panzerfaust is, this is the take uh, on... Peter Pan, told through World War II. And the great, one of the things I love the most about this, about this book is the fact that the first two volumes are told through the eyes of two separate characters. Um, not, none of this is told through Peter's point of view, like you typically see with the cartoons or anything like that. This is told, the first one is, um, oh gosh, I can't think of any of their names now. Um, but it's told through the Lost Boys. Um, and it's, it's an incredible tale, um, that, that happened, that the show experienced here. And I don't know where my camera went. (laughs) Um, and with where it ended it didn't seem like a natural ending you know it wasn't like oh everything's all hunky-dory it was just sort of it's done like you
0: know it's like
1: oh here here we go you know we're we're gonna yeah he says
0: that it's been on hiatus because uh, they weren't able to afford to do it full-time and and yeah. part of that is also yeah image books it, it's on the creator a lot of the cost it's not like getting published by marvel or dc where the publisher is is footing the bill for everything up front and, and you just collect your paycheck for it this is i mean the creators have to essentially pay for these things mm-hmm. to come out and if a book isn't at a certain point of of money then it's it's difficult and it may make it back up on the trades it may not but it's, it's always kind of tough to say. Now, Peter yeah. Panzerfaust, if it had been finished when Rat Queens had started to take off, then it may be people go, oh, well, I really enjoy Rat Queens. I'll go back and read Peter Panzerfaust. But the book had already kind of started to go on hiatus around that time. Uh, so it made people question, well, is this guy ever going to finish this? I don't want to get too invested in this series if it's just never going to complete.
1: And the, the other part I mentioned was the... 2013 TV pilot is what I guess we can call it um, and I I want to see if, if there is only seven more issues so essentially you know another trade coming out of this and it wraps up the story nicely I would love to see a Peter Panzerfaust movie or you know even a couple of movies out of this because I do think it would work really well be a fun interesting take one on the World War Two war movies but two on the take of Peter Pan
0: yeah the, the only problem though is that the most recent tries at Peter Pan uh, have not done very well in the theater and those were big budget you know big name actor films and it's it's been difficult, I, I think, and this is something that I've kind of been seeing a lot and, and get more frustrated with all the time, is that we keep seeing takes of the same stories done over and over again. I talked about this on the episode of Geek Cinema Society I was on not too long ago, which I don't think has actually come out yet. Um, Spoiler: What everybody seems to want to do. Yeah, everybody seems to want to do a version of Peter Pan and everybody wants to seem to do a version of Alice in Wonderland or Wizard of Oz or, or any number of things. They just get done over and over. And I think we can only go so far of like, OK, I get it. So this is a dark version of Alice. Uh, I've, I've seen that a dozen times already. And, and this is a a steampunk version of the wizard of Oz, but it's still the fucking wizard of Oz. And this is a German version of Peter Pan, but they're not new stories. They're just new places for the stories to take place. And I think that's kind of, unfortunately that seems like something that Hollywood would jump all over because Hollywood's not interested in new stories. They're interested in the same story told over and over again, but we're seeing that that's kind of been a failing for them recently. Uh, this summer especially has had a lot of backlash on that. So I don't know if that would necessarily be like someone's going to jump over this, uh, w- even if it is finished, and say, oh, we have to make a movie out of this now because it's Peter Pan in, in Nazi Germany. But yeah, the, uh, Peter Pan, no one's buying. it. it uh, and And if the book struggled too and they couldn't even get it, to finish when it was meant to originally, it, it's gonna make it an even harder sell. Which is not to say that it can't happen. Um, there's something about something that's complete versus something that's still in the middle of it, unless you're Mark Miller, in which case uh you can sell your property before you've even put out issue one, and yeah. we'll be lucky if we see issue two in the first six months after. But be that as it may, <laughs> glad that he's he's coming back to to finish up the book. Uh, for the fans of it, I think that's an incredibly important thing to do, I think, as a creator. It's it's a promise you make to your readers to to tell a story to its conclusion, um, or at least to a satisfactory one. And so I, I really respect him for, uh, for finishing this up.
1: Yeah. The next bit of news is that uh, Kieran Gillen teases a new Marvel project. Um, you might know Kieran Gillen as the writer of *The Wicked and the Divine*, um, which he does that with the artist Jamie McKelvey. Or you might know them from uh, *Young Avengers* over at Marvel. Um, the last volume of that book, he they uh, they both did the writing and art and art for. I almost said arting. Um, <laughs> and he announced that he's uh returning to Marvel to do an unannounced ongoing series. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say returning because he's been doing the, uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader series, um, since, uh, July of last of 2015. And, um, he's referring to the project simply as the unannounced Marvel thing, which he wrote on his blog. And so far there are two issues written inks arriving for the first issue, which are an utter delight. I think people will love it. Direct quote from his blog. Um, and this is actually pretty cool, and th- this g- the, the news also came as a part of a rundown of his current and future projects, which include The Ludocrats, an unannounced horror comic with the music bent, and of course, The Wicked and Divine, which he said is about at the halfway point.
0: Now And his, his phonogram stuff, which is yeah. probably my favorite work that I've, I've read of his, uh but even before young avengers he did the loki series that uh was about the young loki character he's done quite a bit of stuff he worked on iron man i think for a while yeah and um, did some x men stuff too
1: yeah and it's and then he's one of
0: those people who works over at uh avatar which is that company that just like has a lot of big name writers that work on their stuff, but every single bit of it is just like something I cannot imagine anybody wants to read.
1: Now he is, I should know cause I even looked at the, the source of his, at his, uh, t- at his Tumblr page. Sorry. Um, and he is not, there is no future phonogram planned at this point. Um, the future projects are the ludocrats, um, an unannounced five issue thing, a horror comic with a music bent. Um, I've said, I've, this is coming from there. I've said, I'd write, write it for someone for over a year now and really should get down to it. That hasn't been urgent means I haven't had to prioritize it, but now I'm ahead on basically all my works, um, by a considerable amount means I really should. I believe this will be 2017 or maybe early 2018 one off, uh, WFH issue. I don't I can't think what that abbreviation is. Um, and, and then the Spangly New Thing. And also there is more...
0: Wfh is probably work for hire.
1: Okay. Um, and then there's the graphic novella which was an edit. Um, an artist and a friend of his are talking about doing a short form thing, quote unquote, thing of 44 to 60 pages. Much more indie comics than people will be uh, used to from me. Uh, or from him a love story of uh, of all sort. And th- this whole list just sounds awesome and it it's the one that shocks me the most. Not and it's not even the marvel thing. It's the wicked and divine that we're halfway done because with where he's went so far in these first four volumes I just I, I sort of want to say like holy fuck. Like if he's gonna be going further, then oh my gosh, this dude is a madman because I mean
0: that he is a pretty prolific guy. is his stuff really stands out to me. I, I don't know that he's considered one of the top writers in the industry, although his Darth Vader series has I've seen nothing but a claim for it yeah uh, but he he's he's got that nice bit of quirkiness that I think that an independent person, a, a vertigo reader, you know, someone who who enjoys things like Sandman or Preacher would would take to Gillen's stuff very well, but he can do mainstream stuff too, but just give it enough of a weirdness that it it feels original. It feels like something that you wouldn't expect out of that book, but when you see it happen, it works.
1: Yeah, one of the things that actually turned me on to him was because uh, he he was writing Young Avengers about the time I truly got into comic books. Um, and I mentioned on a hiccup in Galactic Radio about the uh, about you know getting the tablet that Glenn Rubenstein gave me, and it, that uh, young Young Avengers was one of the series that was on there, you know, like the first couple issues, and then it was up to me to pick up and keep downloading the issues as it went along of Young Avengers. And what you pointed out to me later on was the fact that with that and then Phonogram was another one that he wrote them to music and he actually had playlists that go with it. And I'm like, oh my God, this dude is brilliant. I love this. I love this dude's work. And now it's like whenever I I see something that's by Kieran Gillen, it is a guarantee that I will at least check it out. Um,
0: Yeah, and he's not... He's obviously not the first person to do that. Uh, I remember Devin Grayson, when she was writing the Titans series, she had playlists for each different character of how to help her get into the mindset of that yeah. character, like what she would picture them listening to. And and I, I've certainly done that with some of my writing too. But what he does with it is he involves the music in the story yeah. a lot. And I think that that is... That's a little bit different than what you see in other things, and it it really does stand out.
1: It works great with Wicked – or not with Wicked and Vine, with uh, phonograms, because at the end – and I don't know for trades, but for the single issues, at the end and before they get to uh, the letters page, there's essentially the glossary of all the terms, because all the stuff takes place – in in the past like i think it's what was like ne- the, the late 90s early 2000s when the first couple volumes t- took place and so he's keeping it all relative to that time with his references and all that stuff so they give you a you know like ace of base is a british uh, pop band or you know you know stuff like that and and even going into terms that i'm like oh wow this is great and
0: yeah i mean phonogram is something you should read with a spotify playlist
1: yes yes um or google play playlist. um but the next news story is the x-men in humans resurrection announced by marvel we haven't even gotten to the death of x event and they're already here's the next one or here's what's going to happen to the x-men um and so there what I'm hoping is there's, there's gonna be some sort of shakeup with this more than this because like like the article says it does follow the death of X um and and in Humans versus X-Men.
0: Yeah, the day that Marvel doesn't have an event planned to follow their last <laughs> two events is the day I take a stapler to the nuts. Yeah. I, I just think that there is like there's such a forced mentality of like we're gonna make the goddamn Inhumans work and it's still it's not clicking you know the only Inhumans things that have really worked it's been Miss Marvel and that's not because she's an Inhuman it's because she's a great character and she has a very fleshed out story a, a fantastic writer everybody who's putting that book together has just put such care into this person and like the rest of the inhuman stuff has just been superlative and people aren't taking to it and certainly not taking to it as a replacement for the X-Men. And as they've shit the X-Men into the worst corner imaginable um, just to I don't know, the rumor is to spite Fox. Like, why would we want the X-Men to be a successful series for them to just steal ideas for and keep making their crap movies that we don't get to, to have our hands in? Um, it, it doesn't matter because the X-Men have a long history of being a super successful book. You know, characters that people have loved for 50 years and the Inhumans have always been kind of not that. You know, they've been around for about as long Other than the main Inhumans family of of Black Bolt and Medusa and Karnak and and the original grouping. Trying to stretch this out and do this thing with the Tarragon mist going across the land and killing mutants that it comes in contact with. So, again, fucking with the X-Men. But on top of that, like, here, we're going to give people random powers. They've done that kind of storyline before. There was a DC storyline in the 90s called Bloodlines. And again, the only thing from Bloodlines that had any real success was the book Hitman. And that's because it was done by Garth Ennis and John McCrae. So it was a cool character that a lot of great things happened with. Had dick all to do with the fact that it was from Bloodlines. Uh, the other one was Anima, and Anima only lasted briefly. The rest of the stuff just kind of went away in an instant because nobody cared for it. And I, I feel like this Inhumans thing, it's the same thing. They tried to force feed us that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and to me, it's to the detriment of the show. Yeah. The show, I think, is better when it's about S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's it's harder for me to enjoy when it's about all these random super-powered characters just because they want to show powers on there. The powers aren't that impressive. You're not giving me anything better than what I'm seeing on the other superhero shows. And those shows, it's the nature of the show. The nature of your show was a spy agency thing, and I thought that was way cooler. Um, so it's it's just kind of it's a lot of trying too hard at this point. And, and I, I mean, we don't know what death of X really is yet. And what in humans versus X-Men, although I think I can kind of figure it out from the title, uh, but resurrection with a big X in there, because that's There's nothing more nineties than throwing an X in something where it doesn't actually belong to make it this, this word. Um, other than the fact that people are going to assume that it has to do with Wolverine coming back to life, the actual Wolverine, uh, I don't know what else it's supposed to be. Well, Maybe it's just bringing the X Men
1: back. There's quite a few of them that they could that this could m- mean, and because you know we, we are missing a lot of key X Men characters in here. Um, you mentioned Wolverine, but there's also Professor Xavier, the adult Cyclops the adult Jean Grey which she hasn't been around in the comics for a long time um you know you know since I think the last time she was resurrected but also the um but Emma Frost is not in there um I'm trying to think there's a couple other ones I'm blanking on right now um and I'm pretty sure there are but it's and it was interesting because before we went live I was um, I was watching a YouTube video on um, through the Glock, that Dave subscribed to through the Galactic Neckest feed. so haha, that's in Dave's history. Um, but it was about it's this comic book guy explaining the uh, beyond Omega level mutants with uh, Matthew Malloy, who was written and introduced in the um, I believe it was uncanny X-Men, That Brian Michael Bendis was writing, um, in the it was original it was an an original Sin tie-in called the 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 last will and testament of Professor of Charles Xavier, and it gave this history of this incredibly powerful mutant, like so powerful that while Professor Xavier is giving, is training, um you know, these these are the original mutants, how to use their powers, he's subduing Matthew Malloy just because of the fact that his his powers are a lot like Franklin Richards where it's reality warping sort of deals, but where Franklin is only limited to like his surroundings, um, or what he knows with Matthew Malloy, there were no limits. And so that's where we saw the death of essentially a lot of the mutants, like all the mutants uh, of Cyclops, of Magic, of himself only for him to then come back and all those other things. And the ending gets a little bit wonky, but it te- things tend like that tend to happen when you have time travel involved. Um,
0: yeah, I still can't handle the fact that all these young versions of the original X-Men are still running around and are, are launching other team books and stuff like I, I'm going to say completely, I, I love Mark Wade and I think Champions looks like it can be a really fun, great book. But I just don't understand why we have young Cyclops as as the team leader for this other book when in the reality of it, the long haul, that's got to go away. You can't it, keep this working. It's already way past ridiculous that these characters are still running around in the modern day with other versions of themselves. Um, And it's just such a bad story to, I mean, it's, it was interesting for like a few issues because it's like, okay, it's going to lead somewhere, but then it didn't lead anywhere. And it's bad enough that it didn't lead anywhere in its own book. But then to infect the rest of the Marvel universe with that is just God awful.
1: Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I only really see that being a problem for for the Beast character and Beast and Ice Boy, or not Ice Boy, Iceman are the only two, because you look at everyone else, you have uh, you have uh, Warren, you have Angel, who his character wasn't re- was just super fucked up up until like yesterday, I want to say.
0: and that would be yeah it would be perfectly okay if these guys came to the modern day and then their modern day equivalents disappeared
1: but why do we need
0: uh, multiple versions of of these characters running around that's that's a thing that it's like okay do that and that that's almost interesting because then we get to see them in the modern day but they're the real versions now they're just kind of like time displaced versions and it makes no sense in the story that this is still happening i mean like as a as, like when you have Reed Richards and Doctor Strange and Iron Man and all these other people walk around going, huh, this is really kind of fucked up though, right? I mean, we all get <laughs> that this is fucked up and this should not be happening. Didn't Age of Ultron kind of teach us about this, is that you don't mess with the time stream? Didn't Age of Apocalypse teach us this, that you don't mess with the time stream? It, it's just like but we're going to just let it mess with the time stream. <laughs> and they, and they disciplined
1: beast on that. But then
0: But a, didn't a, fix but, the issue. No,
1: because a mysterious force was preventing them from being sent back.
0: To yeah. The mysterious force is a shitty writer. Um, well, I, <laughs> ben, if I love you yeah. on other stuff, but <laughs> uh, your, your team book stuff is terrible. Go back to, to your single, Spider Man book. Which he's. Uh, that's that, he, that's he's, great. Yeah,
1: he's doing Iron Man and he's doing uh, Spider Man. I don't think he's doing a mutant or inhuman book at the moment. Well, I don't
0: know that he's doing Iron Man uh, the way that things are going. But... Well, he's currently writing, as of
1: our recording and as of the publishing calendar, he's writing Invincible Iron Man and International Iron Man.
0: Yeah. Whether and then those... eventually Doom Iron Man. Yeah.
1: Whether those are successful or well loved, who knows? That is for time to tell. Um, but the th- uh, fourth bit of story um, is one that you've probably heard before. Um, and that is Netflix is bringing back the Mythbusters build team in the White Rabbit project. Um, now, I've heard this as the original article I posted, they said that it was. Um, it wasn't called the white rabbit project. It was called uh, the MythBusters in wonderland or something like that, which I think they probably sw- uh, stayed away from that one because of copyright issues. But um, so basically this is a, um what a, a uh, I don't, it's a new series coming out on Netflix along the same lines with Bill Nye saves the world, but this stars Tori Bellachie, Carrie Byron and Grant Amhara. Um, and I'm excited for this. This is so freaking cool to me. Like Netflix is
0: really hitting on
1: ev- like just hitting things out of the park
0: here. Yeah, I mean, it's good that Netflix in, in their quest for original content is, you know, they're they're sort of rescuing old shows, but not exactly. They're making new shows from what was old shows. And you could argue that's sort of what they did with Fuller House. It's like they could have just brought back Full House and just called it Full House and have it be like the same characters, but obviously aged up. And now Danny's a grandfather and everything. And that's essentially what it is, except in this case, they're going to the next generation of the characters. Uh, Bill Nye Saves the World is a different take on what Bill Nye started with the science guy. The... Mythbusters uh, cast that are coming over to this show yeah it's too bad that they didn't get to keep with the Mythbusters name and that may be a copyright issue somewhere but these were people that when it got announced that they weren't going to be back for the last season people were upset you know people really ticked off and you could say well the Mythb- Mythbusters were you know these two guys originally and we're just getting back to that and that's all well and good but But these people were part of the beloved team as it went on. The the, show grew and we didn't want to lose people that we enjoyed seeing.
1: It's, it's one of those things that if for those people who want to say, well, but the Mythbusters were Adam Savage and Jamie Heinemann. Yeah. But if you watch those, those early seasons of Mythbusters, even when I think they brought in Carrie and Grant, um, as like myth turns is what I believe what they called them at first. A a lot. Those are re those are hard for me to watch. And it's because of the fact that they have, um, to keep it with the discovery channel, they have these, uh, folklorists explaining stuff with like, with these myths. And when they got away from, when they got away from that and more into, the voiceover guy doing it because, you know, they also had a voiceover guy in the beginning too, but it's like, well, why, you know, so eventually someone in production was like, well, why are we paying someone to do be a mouthpiece that isn't testing well or whatever? When we have voiceover guy who people are loving, why not just go with voiceover guy and throw in clips from the movies or whatever else we're m- mything, or we're busting the myth on, sort of deal. And so that's where when people are sitting there going, "Oh, well, it's not like they don't have the original feel of the show, or it's not it's not gonna be good. It's not like the original. There's no Jamie or Adam." It's like, yeah, but then you might as well say, "Um, the other I think her name was Scotty, um, who was who was a a myth turn in there, isn't on isn't a part of this or." The folklorists that they would get in there are not a part of this, and it's like like Bill Nye saves the world. It is the next step in in what will be done here, um, and uh, and also we're getting it really quick. They announced it this past weekend. They announced it Labor Day weekend, and it's going to be coming out December 9th. I don't think Netflix ever announced anything that's coming out that quickly, and that's cool. That's yeah, I mean,
0: been... <clears throat> it. I mean, it. The, the filming of it is is probably something different. It doesn't take the the same amount of uh, of time, yeah, of whatever it was to to make this stuff happen. And I mean, who knows how long they've been filming segments, and maybe it's just gotten announced to Netflix, but they were working on it for somewhere else, and it just kind of became. Uh, whatever this is now.
1: Yeah, and it's they also announced or said that um th- they gave some brief history that since MythBusters came to a close, um that the Travel Channel or that Travel Channel has been hosting Carrie and, Carrie and Tori on Thrill Factor, which had an eleven episode run where they would travel to, around the country to try out the best rides and attractions that you could find while Imahara has been working on these uh the Star Trek continuous fan series as Mr. Sulu um and that's just it's really cool to see and so that is it for the news um let's just hope it's not the
0: American version of Top Gear all over again
1: yes um so for minoring out I remembered while we were doing the news that there was something I had watched while on my vacation and that is the first two episodes of Adam Ruins Everything um, from season two. Now, this is one of the shows that I quickly fell in love with. I think I think you turned me on to it, Corey. I don't remember exactly how I found out about Adam Ruins Everything.
0: Not me, man.
1: But it was just one of these that I saw. It. I, th- I think it, it might have been I was just on. It was just on one day, and I'm like, all right, let's check this out. I've heard, I've heard things about this, so why not? and this show the first season they tackled things like nutrition and tackling Dr Oz or those you know the TV doctors TV sh- uh, shows that you see on daytime television and um and just debunking that they he did a political thing which oh my gosh it's so on point with right now <laughs> um with our pre- with our election system um and he would tear down everything that's wrong with them. Like the thing that you see all the time on um, daytime TV, like the Today show or good morning America, where the hosts will have this segment about a miraculous study that said that chocolate could that eating enough chocolate could make you lose weight and shit like that. And it's just like when you actually look at the study and that one is one that they use on the show and they have the guy who published it who published it to show the flaws of medical journal publications. Um and so much so to where they literally shot sent the script for that episode into a medical journal so that they could then reference it because that's the cool thing, they always reference their whenever they give facts. And so that they include the reference to the journal. Where they published the script for that episode, got real inceptiony there for it in that episode, but he does it in a way that's super entertaining. Um, the first two episodes covered um, the first episode covered Hollywood um, and like the award shows and stuff like that. Like like you you see your favorite actor or actress on the red carpet and you look at the at what they're at what they're wearing, and you don't think, oh, it's all just an ad. Guess what? It's all just an ad. You know they don't, and it's cool because they had uh, Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the creator.
0: Yeah, I was seeing that
1: uh, on there, and that was she, and she was helping debunk that. She's like, yeah, in fact, we don't always look like this, and she's all nice to dress up. And in fact, when we wake up, we look like this, and I'm like, that's actually really great point that she's making out here, but I'm like, whoa, that's, yeah, I forgot about that, that those actors and actresses are people, what? <laughs> and
0: So it's certainly green. Spoilers. <laughs> um. There's the
1: spoiler, folks. Um, but no, and then also that award shows aren't really, like, oh, the best person won, and it, it was funny because the first two episodes um, were, it seemed like the first episode was attacking me. 'Cause I'm like, oh I love Hollywood, I love these things. And then the second episode was on football. And I'm like, oh well this one's going after my my sister's husband or yeah, my sister's husband, um, because he's a big sports fan. And I, I'm a I'm a sports fan too, but I understand all these things, you know, like these uh the CETs, the concussion syndrome that you get or CTEs, sorry. Um and just and how that there is a need to change the sport, um, and all that. But, and the way they did it, I, I honestly feel like people would get, would have a better understanding of what's happening to these players and why there's, you know, you saw a big step up from a lot of athletes going, saying, I'm going to donate my brain after I die to concussion science so that you know things get better
0: for the future players and all You that. might as well donate it to 7-11 because at that point in time it's going to be the consistency of a Slurpee but I feel you Yeah
1: and but it's it's really cool I love how they do the show um I think it airs Wednesdays on True TV I, I don't remember the exact day but I was just like it just dawned on me as I'm as I, I woke up on Sunday I'm like you know, everyone's getting ready. Why don't I just watch Adam Ruins Everything?
0: And... Cause yeah, uh... and I think I talked a little while back about... Maybe it wasn't even on this version of the show, but uh, Going Deep with David Rees, which is kind of a... Yeah. Uh, taking things that you normally don't think about and going further and further. This kind of show, it, it it's this kind of new smart programming that is... uh intercational uh it's it's fully an entertaining program and it's aimed at so much of making you feel like y- you're just kind of watching something goofy and comedic but at the same time you are getting educated on it at, all at once and it's it's sort of tricking you into learning which yeah. is i always think is awesome um not gonna I, lie
1: intercational sounds a little wrong like, yeah, like I, that's I need right. to, I need to sign, sign a waiver before I need an adult. You, you, you intercation me or <laughs> um, something. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's, it, it is exactly like that. Um, which is cool. So Corey, you've been watching a movie. Have you?
0: I no, I watched a fuck ton of movies. Um, so it was a, a three-day weekend for, for those of us uh, who, who I don't know, have to work normally. And then get, we enjoy an extra day off here and there. Uh, okay. Thanks, country. Morocco. Um, <laughs> and and so uh, on Saturday, I just kind of vegged out. Well, Saturday and Sunday because it, it was too much to just take one day. <laughs> it had to spill over. Uh, Freeform which was uh ABC family back in my day played the almost entire Harry Potter series. I say almost because they skipped one even though they split up to the next day. They skipped over the Order of the Phoenix, which I'm which is weird cuz they use really okay with I mean <laughs> Order of the Phoenix has has a has some pretty dark stuff that happens, but so much of it is about the Dolores Umbridge character yeah. and that she just annoys me so much that I don't think I could have handled watching two or three <laughs> hours of her going uh, all the time and just like, oh God, no. It was bad enough when she showed up in the in the last movies. But I watched... Most of the Harry Potter films in the theater as they were coming out. Uh, Aaron and I have been together the entire time since they started. She had bought me the books initially, um, and and while I have the whole series, I have never actually read them. I just it was like it it just kind of like well I might as well wait until they all come out. And by the time they all came out, I'm like well I've seen all the goddamn movies. Yeah, but. Uh, by about the time... I think Order of the Phoenix might have been the last one that we saw. Maybe we went to see Half-Blood Prince in the theater. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that. But... Uh, it just... It got harder to follow them. Yeah. It it got like... Obviously, watching the kids grow up is cool, but the movies got darker, characters started to die. It really took a turn after Goblet of Fire, which I think maybe. Uh, my favorite of the movies because of the dark turn that it took but it just it really treats the characters well it, it shows that that transition from being the little kids to being young adults so well uh, that it, it stands out to me and I first noticed that in the third one which I don't remember if that was Prisoner of Azkaban or
1: something yes. I get them all mixed Prisoner up a little bit
0: but I, there was a moment in Prisoner of Azkaban where the boys are all eating candies in their room and the candies are making them uh, turn into animals or like make animal sounds. And it was just such a great moment of, it was just them being young boys and, and goofing around. It had no bearing for the film other than the fact that it's this magical scene with obviously magical candy that we've experienced some of that stuff before, but to see kids being kids in the midst of all the rest of these stories, I thought was a really key and essential thing that they needed to do more of. It's like, I don't need another fucking Quidditch match, uh, but I'd like to see the characters kind of get explored as themselves. And that's what the movie started to go towards, but it just got really hard. So I I watched on HBO the first Deathly Hallows, and then eventually when it got released HBO, the second Deathly Hallows. But I think maybe because I didn't watch them all in a row, it was hard to understand exactly what was going on by that point. I'd forgotten all about the horcruxes and uh ah oh, fuck there's Dobby. Why do I have to deal with Dobby again? <laughs> watching them watching them in a series uh, because it's it's a lot of movies. You know, yeah. even taking one away, it's it's seven films. It's it's a big chunk of time. It just you really get immersed in it. You really get to kind of like yeah, you're watching them grow up, but it the story just kind of becomes more impactful, I think. Uh it's Yeah. There's something different about that. And so I I kind of yeah, I sat there and I watched all the ones through Saturday. Ugh. And I think it took us all the way up until the last the last two they had to wait to do until Sunday, so I recorded them on Sunday. I even waited uh, stayed up late Saturday night watching uh Tom Felton did this documentary called Superfans. Mhm which was very good Um, dealing with with fans of you that you don't understand quite why they're so obsessed with you and why they follow you around. He had this woman that followed him essentially to Paris. Uh, And he's like, why would you come all the way out to Paris? You know, just to just to like see me in line somewhere. But then she gave him a card that was about his his dog had just recently passed away and it was a condolence card about his his dog dying and he was taken aback by that he's like well that changed my perspective of who she is um because it's suddenly it's not just someone who wants my autograph it's someone who actually seems to show some real care about you know my life and why do I not know more about this person and why do I not know what makes him tick so he goes into that with a with a few different kinds of fans and he goes to uh, some conventions and stuff, and dresses up, and kind of gets to hang out with people and see how they do things. It was really good. I actually, I went on Twitter and I, I messaged him and just like, "Hey, you know, not that I'm going to hear anything back, but I was just, you know, this is a really good film. I, I just want to tell you, a great job." Um, but as far as the Harry Potter thing, yeah, it's just, it's still. It gets really dark. You start to obviously characters start dying. Uh, in the end, a lot of characters die, and it's not so much that it's willy nilly, but it it's so much is happening that's hard to follow it, and you can't see each of the moments where it happens, yeah. and you feel like, well, why did that character die, and how did that character die if they showed it, if they didn't show it on screen? But it does come together much better. It there, it it's felt much more compelling to, to get to see them all in that row like that and uh, yeah I mean everybody's seen Harry Potter by this point everybody's there are certainly people who are so obsessed they probably do regular watchings of the series in a row like this all the time but it was just for me I hadn't done that yet and it was it was definitely worth it like I don't even know that I would do this with the Lord of the Rings at this point like I would do it with the Lord of the Rings but not and the have Hobbit. The, not the Hobbit man the goddamn yeah. Hobbit like I don't know that that even sitting in a row and watching that is going to improve because it's just way too long as it is.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to share a couple things with you. First off is that Brandon Raymond totally agrees with you um, and that he also states that the films were bad visual outlines of the books for him um, and that he also can't, uh, he can't even revisit the book um, that you mentioned that they did, that they skipped over, but you were cool with um, because of Umbridge.
0: And yeah, I mean, Dolores Umbridge, I'm, she's she's supposed to be a character that fills you with, with rage and everything, but it's just, it's not done. It's in hard a great to, way. well, I, I don't even know that it's that, but I, I do believe that you have to feel interested by the villain. You know, if you're going to have somebody who is, <laughs> who is putting the, the good characters through their paces and everything, you, you can say what you want about Lex Luthor he's a compelling, interesting character, unless he's portrayed by certain people in Batman v Superman. Uh, you you feel that way about Magneto. You feel that way about Doctor Doom. Those yep. characters stand out because even though they're the bad guys, even though you completely vehemently disagree with the Red Skull in every sense, he's compelling to read or see. Yeah. It, you know, It's kind of unfortunate he didn't get to do enough in the Captain America movie. And then, you know, is gone from the Marvel Universe because I think there's so much more there that could have been explored. Mm-hmm. But let's skirt the the Hitler shit for a little while. Um, but you have to make characters like that. Even the bad guys, you have to make them compelling yep. and make it so that you want to read about them. And Snape is exactly what you want to see. Uh, Voldemort, too, uh for the most part, is like that as well. I think so many of the characters in there are interesting. Dolores Umbridge is just irritating. It's like this tickle in the back of my throat that hasn't gone away for the last three weeks. And I keep coughing to the point where I'm in pain and my nut wants to pop. I just don't think that there was anything about that character that makes me want to revisit her in a film or anything else other than the fact that it's implied that she was raped by the centaurs. Um, which I don't really believe is the case, but that is a subject for a lot of debate on the internet. Yeah,
1: um, but the other, um, the other thing I was going to mention is that I have not seen all the Harry Potter movies. I think Order of the Phoenix is the last one that I've seen. Um, yeah, and I could I could see why it might have put you off. It's it not that it's, for it's me. not that it necessarily put me off. It's just that, um, you know, I was in the fourth grade fourth fifth grade when the oh, maybe even six somewhere on there when the harry potter books started coming out and i so i read the first one and i read the third one i don't know why i didn't read the second one but then i got the fourth one and i'm like fuck that that book is heavy i am not gonna read that
0: book and this is also- they do get progressively longer yeah. and that's another thing is that the movies start having to chop up and take stuff out that I know that the readers feel like we're missing so much in these films. And then by the time you get to the the last book, which is split into two films, that first movie, I'm not going to say it's not a compelling watch, but there's a lot of stuff that is just like it's a long time between things actually happening that it's not terribly interesting to watch that movie. And if it wasn't for the promise of what's happening in the second part, it wouldn't be very good.
1: Yeah. And also, the other thing I will point out is that right now, uh, Brandon Raymond is watching us on his 55 inch television. And I don't know how I should feel about that. Because part of me is like, wow, I got a big head. Like, with how my camera's set up, it's like my head is freaking massive. And then
0: I, th- and- that's exactly what I
1: want to apply. I kind of want to pull
0: out my junk. <laughs> yeah. <and> just, like, <laughs> it's the best it's ever going to look. Or it's going to be like, you should have that check. Uh, you yeah should definitely see a physician
1: <laughs> um and he says that um he realizes that 55 inches of corey is what he's been missing in his life again going back to the whip out your junk um yep. but it's what everybody's been missing but, man it, <laughs> more than my wife um <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean the harry potter movies there's something that have interested me. It's just when it got to the point, like, I think at the time when Deathly Hollows Part One came out, I, I had HBO for for that, like, for a brief moment, and I'm like, can I watch this, or have I, like, have I seen all the movies yet? And then it got to the point where I'm like, eh, I'll catch them on ABC Family, then now Freeform and cause that was something else that like I was flipping through the TV and I'm like, Harry Potter's on what Harry Potter is this? Well, I know it's not like the first three cause Hermione's hot answering <laughs> beats question there. Um, or sort of answering beats question there. Um, you know, and she's not like the little girl who's, it's like, ah, it's a little, like, she's my age, but ah, sort of deal. So I know it's like one of the later ones. It's at least four
0: or she whatever. She was, uh, Apparently in Marin recently, she went out to the uh, San Rafael Alta and all the all the people who work there were freaking out uh, about it and everything. Uh, She's she's an awesome actress. She's Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. I, I really do love the fact that these these three leads that were were in these movies, you know, and we saw them grow up that they are doing other things that they're doing very interesting things that they still they're still respectable, you know? Yeah. They they're still like they they didn't ever go crazy. I I love that some of Radcliffe's stuff is just so weird. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's made some of the most popular movies of all time and then he goes and he does weird shit like horns and and I just I think that that's I thought you were going to so say cool. equus I thought you were going to say Then goes to does Equus. I don't really know much about Equus, but I, I just, I think that's really neat. I, I think it's, it's great that, um, Rupert Grint is, has got that project coming up the, the, the TV series based off of, um, not Locksuck and Two Smoking Barrels, but the Snatch. Yeah. Um, which itself sounds inappropriate, but I just think that that's <laughs> so excellent. that These guys are are still like. You know, they didn't just ride around on their fame and everything. They they're just really interesting actors and actresses and they're still doing big stuff. And I think that's cool.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, to go on the Emma Watson thing here for a second, she did the she did that. She did perks of being a wallflower. She was an I think she went went oh, to yeah. NYU. Great- yeah, she she went to NYU for <laughs> school. She's you know she, doing like all these things about feminism and all that and i'm like hells yeah dude like and, and it's cool it's cool to see all them do things like that a lot of the people from, from harry potter i mean you look at it we get um blanking on his name the twilight boy who was in there Rupert,
0: no not Rupert Grant, what the hell am i talking about um uh, robert pat no yeah, patrick yeah, no R- robert pattinson Robert
1: Pattinson. Yeah, Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter. The lead in How to Get Away with Murder was in Harry Potter because that's when I'm like – when I flipped it on and it just happened to be where I was at – I was on Freeform. I'm like, hey, mom, come here. And I was showing her. I'm like, the actor here – and it cut away to him. I'm like, the actor who's behind her, the black kid on there, he's the lead in How to Get Away with Murder. It's fr- And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, he's British. What? I'm like, yes, he's
0: British. Well, I mean – the other thing about watching the movies is it's so fun because you get to see them roll out every famous British actor or actress yeah. as, the, as <laughs> the series goes along. It's like, oh, when are we going to see a Doctor Who person? There's David Tennant. You know, just like, oh, here he comes. Where's Bill Knight? There's Bill Knight, You know, they just keep showing up. It's like, all right, that's great. And it's, yeah. it's fun to see them because a lot of them really get pulled into the roles that they're playing. Some of them are almost... Indistinguishable from from the role that they're in in this, like you can't, you have to look at them really hard to go, oh wait, oh that's who you are, and, and it just. Like, All with Hagrid ex- is always going to be Hagrid to me, but I know yeah. he's been in so much other stuff. It's like, but you're Hagrid, man. Yeah. All with the exception of John Cleese. Yeah,
1: John Cleese is in there, he's, nearly headless Nick, he's, and it's like, no, that's not goddamn John Nick. Cleese. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Um, so. Uh, for our discussion point, we were we were talking about doing a um, a thing previewing the fall TV shows, and I'm gonna hit on a couple of the shows here. Um, I'm hoping I'm pulling up the right one. Yeah, I'm pulling up the right one. Um, and this is it's not really and we again I should preface we talked about this on me and you on the uh, Galactic Radio. With some of the shows that are coming out that have a a science fiction twist to them, um, and and this is excluding, and with that I like I excluded the um the CW Arrowverse of shows, By the way,
0: Galactic Radio coming to your podcast podcast catcher soon, so keep ears open for that.
1: <laughs> yes, um, but and, like, so the but what I wanted to hit on was. A couple of the shows that are coming out that really caught caught my eye whether they be uh mid-season replacements or you know coming out this fall sort of deal and good god take forever to freaking load website um and so the first one is i believe it's coming on nbc or cbs one of the two and it's called um oh it's that uh, Chris and Bell, uh, The Good Life, I think is what it is. or Oh, th- The Good Place, sorry. The Good Place. Um,
0: oh, that's right. I, I oh, I do want to yeah, say that it's NBC, but I don't remember exactly.
1: I want to say it's NBC too because it sounds like it's them trying to revitalize their Thursday night comedy thing, but it's got but the, the interesting part for this for me is it's Chris and Bell and it's uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, and this sounds like it's really an interest. It's it's almost it's like one part dead like me, a uh, one part, um. Oh, I can't think of what else, how else to compare it. Um, but it's it looks like a really fun comedy and a safer comedy that Kristen Bell's done coming off of House of Lies where I freaking love her in that but I don't feel comfortable watching that show with my family sometime <laughs> um, and it's not really for anything else just more like you get those weird moments where Marty's fucking a person oh yay Um but it, yeah it's coming out on Thursdays at 830 um,
0: it's from people who did Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, so it's obviously got a good pedigree as far yeah. as the creators go
1: and it's it's one of those things that I don't necessarily know that the trailers are doing it justice for um, because of the fact that it's a um, it, it, it does part of it does sound like Dead Like Me like she's dead with this but reading the preview it says it follows eleanor a new jersey woman who comes to realize that she hasn't been a very good person and so she decides to turn okay so it's dead like me meets um my name is earl in that in that regard um
0: it's also if if you ever and you probably haven't there's a really great movie with albert brooks called defending your life where uh he he dies and he's kind of, he kind of has to convince the people in heaven to let him move on uh, to heaven. He's in a sort of purgatory, yeah. and it's like he go back to Earth and start over again to get better at things. So it's kind of following the idea of of reaching nirvana. Um, but he meets a woman while he's there, and they go through their past lives. They go through their recent death an experience of life and everything yeah and it's it's a really solid solid movie it's quite funny and what 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 stands out about this is that it's it's one thing to say okay it's a person who just dies and they're dealing with death and all that but what it this the premise is that she goes to the good place when she wasn't supposed to she was supposed to go to the other place and it was kind of like an accounting error and so <laughs> there's this person running around in what is essentially heaven who doesn't belong in heaven, and what is that going to uh, cause for everybody else that's there?
1: Yeah. The uh, – so, Yeah, so it looks like a good one. The other one – And I'm going off of the picture alone that they, that the TVLine.com uh, article has – and it's because I look at it every time. I'm like, wait, is that Keen Peele? I'm like, no, that's Adam Pally. And it's a. Uh, it we don't know when it's going to pre- premiere, but it it is. It's it's a, it's a midseason replacement, and it should be on Sundays at 8:30. And this is making history on Fox, and the people involved are uh, Adam Pally, Leighton Meester, and then Yasser Lester. Which I saw his name like I was scrolling through and I saw Leighton Meester and I saw him. I'm like, wait, did I see Leighton Meester? Like, no, I saw him. I'm like, I look up. Yeah, I saw it in Mr. 2. Um and this is one of those time travely uh shows that it you you get these these three friends played by these three actors as they time th- travel or as they travel through time f- uh, for truth, justice and riches and what complicates or which complicates their lives in 2016. And this se- sounds like it could be really good. It could be it, it could have the potential to be a show that either comes back and gets a full season order um you know you know starting in the fall or it could be that spring springtime summertime uh tv series that
0: yeah and one of the things we talked about on galactic radio was the fact that there seems to be a lot of time time ta- time travel themed shows this season yeah uh because there's timeless there's this there's time after time there's the one that's based off the movie where the woman is, is talking to her father through the radio, and he's in the past, and he had Frequency. died and Frequency. Yeah, it, it's it's really weird that that... And it, it seems like that happens every season, is that there winds up being one or... A couple of shows that are incredibly similar, at least outwardly, in what the theme is, and you're like, how did, how did they both decide to do that this season? You know, and it seems... Oh yeah, I heard that they're developing this over there. Oh, we got something like that that we could put up. Let's let's see what happens and and stick them against each other. Yeah. So I don't know, but uh, no, this it, being obviously Adam Paley, it's going to be more of a comedic take.
1: Yeah. Um, the next one is not a comedy at all, and it, it's just going to be sometime in the spring. It's. Uh, so it's going to be on NBC. No, it's on Fox. I'm just kidding. Um, it, it's hey, you don't know where I'm going with this because it's. Because uh, you don't have my screen, and it's Prison Break, and the reason why I'm picking this is because I was a Prison Break fan beforehand, um, and it was, so it was cool for me to see um, Wentworth Miller come in as Captain Cold, and then um, D- uh, Dominic Purcell come in as um, as uh, Heat Heat Wave on yeah heatwave. yeah Heat Wave on on Flash, and then on Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. And even to see uh, Sarah Wayne Callies, so I'm like, wait, that's the girl from Prison Break. Holy crap. Because um, yep. I watched Prison Break before the time of where I really had the internet, and there was a thing like Wikipedia. So I'm like, who's this actress that plays this person on the show? Like, I do now with everything I watch. It's like, that girl looks familiar. What's her name? Or that guy looks familiar. What's his name? And it's like, Wikipedia. Oh, holy crap. I used to watch them on, on this thing or that thing. Um but the reason why is from watching this it's and it's just a 10 episode continuation of the hit series and th- it's uh, Oh, also I should point out it's got um Mark Feuerstein joining the cast and I'm like sold again sold I mean you got a lot of the original people coming in but then you add in Mark Feuerstein was uh, the lead on Royal Pains and I'm there but when I heard that they were gonna do that this this was gonna come back, I'm like, but how the lead character is dead?
0: Yeah, and... I mean that's the thing. I didn't make it all the way to the end of Prison Break. It, it was somewhere in the second season. And I was like, this kind of went off the rails. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> it did that. But then it got to like I think I skipped a season or something. And then I got, but I was able to get right back into it towards the end. And I'm like, all right, this is getting wait what? He's like they did a flash forward of like two years or something like that or actually I think it was more than that and it, uh uh Sarah Wynn Kelly's character has uh Dominic or not Dominic uh Wentworth Miller's character Michael Schofield has their kid and they go and visit this tombstone and I'm sitting there thinking all right it's down at the time I'm like okay it's Dominic Purcell's character wait Dominic Purcell who are they visiting oh and as a reveal of it's Michael Schofield who's dead I'm like well shit didn't see that one coming and but it's a a, it's a cool concept here of Michael Schofield first off billing Michael Schofield as the as an escape artist which is fairly true um but it seems it seems like they have something something in plan here and I'm I'm excited for it
0: um, yeah, I mean, Robert Nepper, who played uh tea bag in the series, is apparently one of the people coming back to it. And something about him always, I know this is going to be outside of your point of reference, but there is a character, uh, a couple of characters that get introduced later on in Preacher. Yeah. Uh, one of them is named TC, uh, which stands for the chicken. I always kind of identified Robert Nepper uh, when I first saw him on... Prison Break as TC. Uh, Beatmaster will understand what I'm talking about. But uh, he, he went slightly in a different direction in the show, but it was still yeah. just a good amount of creepiness to him.
1: Alright, and then finally the last one. Um, I don't know how many I've picked, but the last one that I'm going to do that I'm looking forward to and I think next week, Corey, we'll get yours. Um, And then the following week we'll do Returners because this is all just new. And this is one that Is hitting is is from the commercials. It looks like it's going to scratch the familiar itch left by Parenthood, and it's on NBC. It's premiering September twentieth at ten p.m., um, and then it'll move to its regular time slot on October eleventh, Tuesdays at nine. And that's This Is Us, and at first, and they build it in my mind. They build it great because it's just like okay, this is a Parenthood. If you liked Parenthood, you're going to like this show. Um, You know this big ensemble cast. And I didn't know what the through line was. I'm just like, okay, these they're all friends or something. But no, it's an hour long dramedy that centers on a group of people born on the same day. Um, so I don't know if it's like like and like one focuses on a married couple expecting triplets, which is um, Milo Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore's characters. So I don't know if they're both born on the same day or like one of them is born on the same day, and then that's like like it's Milo's character, and Mandy Moore, Mandy Moore is just his his wife, um, and but it all just seems so cool because I, I I love these these drama shows. Like I loved Parenthood because it looked so real to me. Like it looked like for a lot of the stories that they, they were just showing real life. Like you weren't seeing these actors or actresses; you were seeing. These actual people, you know, which is great to see. Um, And I feel like this is what, that's what this is going to be here too. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Are you interested in the show or, or
0: Corey or? I haven't seen too much about it, but I, I've just discovered something about it the other day. And so I haven't seen any kind of previews or anything. I am a a longtime Mandy Moore fan. Uh, She's just, I've always kind of liked her. Yeah. And... I don't really like Vito. What are uh, heroes? Bidschilia. Peter, goddamn motherfucking. Uh. Hey, but hey, wait.
1: That's okay. he, he was on Gilmore Girls too. Okay, mm. I'll have you know that very much.
0: I've never watched Gilmore Girls. I
1: haven't either. I was just figured I'd point point that out for you. <laughs> uh,
0: I I so I am a fast talker, and then I sometimes like now I've started listening to my podcasts at uh, one and a quarter speed. Again, And I may go up to one and a half speed. So I also converse with podcasts when they're on. So I start talking faster because I get used to them talking faster. And I imagine that if I put on Gilmore Girls at one and a half speed and started talking with that, I would essentially travel through time and probably be a pilot on NBC next season. So, uh, yeah, my wife has a problem with Gilmore Girls because everybody talks fast on it. On the other hand, I don't know if she realizes that one of her favorite actresses was on that show for a long time.
1: Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there's, again, there are more coming up. Um, there's one coming out on ABC called Time After Time. I'm just looking through um, that. It's got it's about a, it's about the epic adventures of young H.G. Wells and his time machine there's a whole bunch of work. Ta- Chris Chris hardwick if you thought his life was at all slow at all he's going to be hosting a game show on NBC called The Wall. Um which I'm like all right dude you're hosting the talking Bleh on AMC whichever one it would be on um, whether it's talking dead, talking preacher, talking Saul, talking talking head, you know, talking comic book man, whatever. You're doing at midnight. You're doing your podcast. You're you're doing all these other things, and you're gonna do a game show. And Evan's pointing out that all the episodes for the wall have already been shot. Okay, yeah, great. What if it makes it to a second season? <laughs> and all this stuff. I, it, could, I you could know, the thing coming. is, is
0: that we we make fun of him, but uh, he's the
1: nerd Ryan Seacrest. Let's just put it out there.
0: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Ryan Seacrest has been doing that since. American Idol started taking off for his career and it worked out. There are people who are workaholics. There are people who are just excited to go out and do stuff like this. And I think, I think Hardwick's, I don't know if it's as much that he's a workaholic, but I think he's just so jazzed because he's, he had that point in time where he was doing singled out on MTV and his career was starting to take off. And then because of complications that, you know, he brought it himself and he talks about that. Um, it, it 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 took a big step back for a while, and yeah. he's lucky, although Although lucky in the sense that he worked really hard for it to get back to being where he is today. And I think a lot of the reason why he's so successful is because he's very genuine. Now there are people who get tired of seeing him, just like anybody else. he's like, all right, I have to see another goddamn Xfinity commercial with Chris Hardwick one more time. But I don't okay. begrudge him. You you get, you get two choices.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you get two choices here. You either get Chris Hardwick and the Xfinity commercials or Kevin Nealon and the charter commercials.
0: Well, I don't know anything about Kevin Nealon's charter commercials. So... I saw
1: them. I saw it once because apparently Upper Michigan, it's not Comcast, it's charter is who. Yeah, because Upper Michigan it's just a hate
0: crime waiting to happen on your TV. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I just think go for it. You know, you yeah. have this opportunity. I, I would like to see him act, you know, and I don't know why that hasn't been more of a thing that happened. Because I think that he would be generally good at it. On the other hand, I'd like to get another hard and firm album because uh, I I really <laughs> like his work on that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I do or the game show. Do do everything that you can do as long as you don't burn yourself out. And you know, he obviously he just got married in the last month. Yeah. Uh, he he is. Doing a ton of stuff, but then you're seeing the successes of people who have been on Nerdist with them. You know, Jonah Ray is going to be doing the new um, MST3K. It every bit of success that these people get, I feel like it's it's an earned success, and I'm I'm excited for them. Even if it's not all for me, even if it's not all stuff that I'll necessarily want to watch. Like I haven't tuned into At Midnight in a while, um, but I Which love the fact that that show. Now. Yeah, I love the fact that that shows up there. And I love the fact that Chris has, you know, got that show. And I, I love the fact that he's doing all the talking, whatever shows, because he's he's a genuinely, to me, in my mind, he's a genuinely cool guy. And I'd rather see him get that stuff than some token fake whatever that they just put in a nerd shirt. And I'm not big on the fake nerd thing. But there are some people you can tell are are just like, yeah. Oh, we took this guy from the E channel and we we put him in this shirt and and made it seem like he was he was part of your culture when he'd rather be talking about Kardashians. Uh, in both cases, that's Joe McHale. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, I mean, if Ryan Seacrest was doing the nerd shows, I would probably have more of a problem with it. Yeah, because I, I just don't buy into it that that's his bag. You know, it's not that if it was his bag, I'd be okay with it if it was like he genuinely likes it then that would be fine but i just don't really feel like it is something that he likes and i'd rather see someone who's who's into it like i am
1: yeah well that's gonna wrap it up here for us but before we go we should we probably gotta tell you some things on how you can help us out as a network um now first off you can watch this here because apparently like like beat pointed out earlier in the show uh, last week's episode, we made eight cents through the YouTube ads. Yay, unless Woo-hoo! they pull us down for swearing or demonetize That's us for swearing money. or whatever. Um, or for covering news, but we'll, I'll get off that. Showing
0: my junk on a 55-inch screen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but if you want to help us out, there are other ways that you can do that. Um, and both of them can be found at gncasts.com slash support. And those are the monthly Patreon donations, which come out the beginning of the month usually the first or second uh, day of the month you get billed from patreon. You, you can do that's just a monthly set it forget it as little as a dollar. It's all risk. Dollar a month. super simple. or you can go and you, you you already shop on Amazon right now so hey why not go through this way? It doesn't change your price on Amazon. It's just you're basically taking money away from Jeff Bezos because and it's through us through our Amazon portal, our affiliate link and so you go through that and then anything you purchase through amazon four percent about four percent will come to us
0: it and- varies and and the other thing is we made it even easier if we talked about some stuff tonight like uh gregor's recommendation of adam ruins everything or my recommendation of the harry potter movies we've got links in the show notes they take yeah. you right to those things. You don't even have to think about it. There's not a second stop. It's just like, click that link. There's a thing. You can watch stuff, video streaming through Amazon right now. You and wanna, again, it <laughs> helps us out. You want a
1: phone that could possibly catch on fire? We talked about it two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. You want a dog? That's Too bad he's mine. Um, <laughs> um, video viewers are seeing my dog laid down on my bed right now. Um, but no, GNcast.com support. And you can contact us by a couple ways. You can leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or email us at mail at eltsnerds.com. And all of our subscription options can be found, and links can be found under gncast.com slash subscribe. That also includes access to our Slack chat. You can come in and harass us. I know I say harass, but really it's like you can critique us on what we need to do what we need to talk about, excuse me, what we need to see, you know, what would be, what's, what you think we, it needs to be on our radar. You do that by going to, by going to GNcast.com slash subscribe. Um, and you can find all of our social media stuff as a, as a whole through, uh, Galactic or by looking for Galactic netcasts. You can follow our show on Twitter at EltsNerds. You can follow our producers at Beatmaster80 at Mr. Underscore Fusion i'm at that gregor or on snapchat at gregor 1942 um where i'm posting stuff there regularly i was going to post about doing the bridge walk but my feet hurt so much i'm like i don't want to do it um i did take a picture though so that's it but i took one um and then Corey, you can find all of his stuff at don't ask comics
0: yeah if you go to don'taskcomics.com that's where i uh help publish the works of levi krauss Varying comics throughout the week. We publish spells every Tuesday. We publish Levi's World Classics every Thursday. And if you pay attention, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, which is probably in the past for you by the time this comes out, we will have a special other comic that's gonna get posted. Other uh comic. but just go to donasscomics.com. You can get the links for all those. You can even see the stuff that I helped write uh through bowyer yeah. So uh check us out.
1: Yeah, and the final thing to say is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next time.
0: Or else. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNcast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.